0: and welcome to Riffs and Scripts. My name is Cole Bryant. My
1: name is Amber Sava and... Oh, I'm going to go straight ahead. I'm Kitty Underhill. Whoop, whoop. Just, sorry, I was going to introduce you and then we did the name thing. We kind of just play it as we go. Today's a really exciting day, you guys, because for the first time we have a guest. We have model and body and self-acceptance advocate with us, Kitty Underhill. Hi, Kitty. How are you? Hi.
2: Yeah, I'm good. I am very hot underneath my duvet. So I hope that the audio quality is magnificent.
1: Let's chat about your career, Kitty. So, I mean, the whole point of of the chats that we have is we talk about the everyday lives of trying to make it in weird, wonderful, creative industries. Mm. So you have uh, modeled on quite a wide spectrum you've done independent stuff but you've also done some really really big campaigns can you give us just a quick rundown of the professional side of your career how it started um and how you got to where you are
2: oh that was a big question um so uh in terms of how i started uh it was literally completely by mistake you know so for those who don't know amber and i we actually met doing gcse drama um, because my whole Hello. life, I you know, I wanted Woo! to be an actor. Um, I was always an actor first. So I got to university and I met this guy, and he was saying that he worked for like this music production company, kind of thing. And I followed them on Twitter, you know how you do. And um, they put out a casting call asking for models, and I was like, well, I'm not exactly a model, but I could really use this for my show reel. Um, so I went. Uh, it was a great video shoot. It was the first video shoot I'd ever done, and after mm. that, they um, they asked me, "Oh, you know, we'd love for you to come back and like model our range of t-shirts." And I was like, "Are cool. you are you sure you're talking to the right person?" Because um, I, I I never <laughs> saw anybody who looked like me. You know, like Amber. I'm sure mm. you relate as well. Like you grow up in this world that just tells you that your body is not good enough and reaffirms that by only hiring models of a certain body type certain height certain weight and I am none Mm. of those things so you know I did that first shoot and I was like wow like I'm actually pretty good at this and um this mistake pretty much snowballed into the career I have now and You know, because I realized that the fact that there weren't people that looked like me is more of a reason for me to do it. You know, all of us are deserving of representation.
1: Absolutely. And,
2: you know, it's not good enough that we only see like 0.2% of the population represented in fashion campaigns and advertising, all these kinds of things. Um, So, you know, I've been really lucky to work with uh, a whole range of brands. Um, I've worked with Adidas. I've worked with most recently One. I've worked with a brand called Mary Wyatt, which is like a great, like kind of metal inspired brand. So you know how metal bands, like the less you can read the writing, the heavier they are. Um, it's like that kind of vibe. <laughs>
1: yep,
0: yep, yep.
2: <laughs> Didn't you also
1: do a job? I swear you did a job with one of our
2: like teenage brands. Was it Criminal Damage? Uh, no. Oh my God. You know, I went into Criminal Damage was... recently. And um, I mean, like, it's you know, back. in between so the happy. lockdowns. And I was talking about, you know, like it would be great to like work together. Like, do you work with influencers? Because I've kind of had the whole influencer thing thrust upon me um, in the whole modeling industry. And they were like, well, when Rihanna wears your t shirt once, that kind of does the job for you. And I was like, well, okay, fine, be that way. And okay, also, really? like, people don't buy from Carmen so- Damage that much. So they were just, well, let's just say that's the end of our professional I really relationship. Talk- but it's fine. Yeah, I
1: really want to ask you about uh, social media and your advocate work. But before we get there, can you talk to us about just some little ways that you managed to further yourself modeling that people might not know about? So, if I talked about acting examples, you've got acting fringe um, uh, festivals and you've got showreels and you've got agents. And, you know, what are some little things that you think other people might not know that you needed to do to go from A to B? Because your past phase one and i think a lot of people struggle to get past phase one so what did you need to do to to get things like adidas
2: so um especially because i'm a model who as i said you know doesn't kind of fit into the industry status quo um i really had to push myself out there and say yes to a lot of things so one of the things i did um kind of similar to star now there's like a modeling equivalent called model mayhem so i joined model mayhem and I joined a load of Facebook groups of loads of other creatives, like photographers, makeup artists, that kind of thing. And just reached out and was like, let's work, let's do this. And, um, so it meant, uh, kind of starting up projects with creatives, uh, doing something called a uh, time for print photo shoots, which basically means that, you know, it's not paid, but everybody gets something out of it because everyone's able to try something for their portfolio. Um, So that was a great deal of my career for a while, again, because I was just trying to get noticed and I was trying to work with the right people. So was that
1: like the modelling equivalent of a musician singing in the local pub kind of thing? The the groundwork that you have to put in. Of course, you do really, really well on social media. Now, first of all, I just want to point out that that did not happen overnight. I know that you've had people kind of... I'm going to say it: resent you for the kind of social media success because other people clocked it just a couple of years after you did. Now I remember we were teenagers who saw social media in quite different ways. I I didn't I didn't have the energy to branch off. You know, it, there was a time where it was mainly Facebook. Oh, yeah. uh, in fact, no, bef- um, but even before that, it was mainly MySpace. But then, when all the new things appeared—the Twitter, the Instagram, all of that. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> you were there setting up all of those profiles, reaching uh-huh. out to people. We would be on holidays together when we were 16 and you were on your BlackBerry refreshing and refreshing. On, on the BlackBerry. So, oh, my sweet, sweet <laughs> BlackBerry. I want to point out RIP. before we say anything else that years got put into building up your online presence. Like you you were years ahead of me. By the time I turned around and went, oh, I really should use these tools. I, <laughs> I was so behind. So first of all, I I fully acknowledge time went into it. But how else have you grown your social media presence?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so tricky because, you know, I think I started using social media just like anybody else is just desperately wanting to connect with people and, you know, chat shit, basically. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, as I started modeling more, so much of it, as I'm sure both of, you know, being in the creative industry, so much of it is about, you know, trying to network. And I was in Brighton for a lot of it, but so much of the work was in London. So I was like, how am I going to connect with these people if we're not in the same place? So I had to just keep talking and keep speaking up. And, you know, then I started seeing things on social media that just made me angry. You know, like the other day, um, This bridal company posted an advert for their range and they were like, oh, we are so inclusive and we designed this range for all shapes and sizes. And it only went up to a size 16. And I was like, honey, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Like you don't just get to dash out that Uh, kind of language without doing the work. If you're going to be inclusive, you have to actually do the thing, you know? So
1: i saw the post as well and didn't it also have one
2: black model yeah i and mean the rest of
1: them were white and things like that it just was do so better
2: you know it's careless. 2021 yeah. like i've been yelling about this stuff into the void since like i'd say properly since like 2016 2017 and thankfully people resonate with what i've been saying um whether that is about Um, you know, calling out the fashion industry for not doing the work, uh, whether it's about talking about my own journey to body and self-acceptance, whether that's just, you know, sharing my pictures online. Like, I've been very lucky and that people have connected with it, resonated with it. But, you know, it did get to a point where I was just getting such serious burnout, you know, like just being connected to these platforms 24-7 is exhausting. Like, one of the no, best yeah, things about, yeah. uh like, I'm sure you guys have been in similar positions where, especially with lockdown and things, you find yourself, like, doom scrolling and you just keep going and keep going. And you get yeah, to the end of the day yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. why am I anxious all the time? And it's like, because you didn't put your damn phone down. Mm. Jeez. Like, yeah.
0: So It's, it's amazing how many hours where, you can lose.
2: Yeah. Where right? I'll say
1: to myself, oh, look, what am I doing? I'm just scrolling. I'm not actually talking to anyone or doing anything. Put it down. And then... Within five minutes, without thinking, I've picked it back up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like,
2: whoa. Exactly. And <laughs> that some can serious be serious addiction worrying.
0: stuff going on, you know, that I think everyone, everyone's, I, I've been trying to kind of purge that from my life a bit. But in the end, what's actually happened is I've gone from Facebook to Instagram and Twitter. And I've only yeah, managed to too. sublimate it somewhat, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm only on Facebook for like dog videos and true crime podcast groups now. So, <laughs> fair, <laughs> you know, fair. I've managed to put everything else onto Instagram and Twitter. But, some kind of sense of compartmentalizing has been helpful, but is not necessarily the solution. You've also got to just find a time to just put it yeah. down, you
0: know.
1: I don't think I don't think this is necessarily something that I'm encouraging others to do, but I think that my separation is because I had Facebook when I was younger, and I've got like more family on there and stuff like that. Yeah. And Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, the, I, to me, the main difference is on Facebook, you accept each other as friends mm. and on Instagram, strangers can follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think on Facebook, I'm just that little bit more personal. I swear more easily. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. be a bit more myself. Whereas I think my Instagram, just my little switch is, it's just that little bit more, this is what I want to
2: put out to the world. It's like a
1: social CV,
2: do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it is. Rather
1: than a personal.
2: It absolutely is that though, because especially at the moment, I don't know if you two get this at the moment, but I'm finding that more and more often, like if I'm applying to jobs or modeling agencies or whatever, they do ask for your following and they ask for your username so that they can find you and see what content you're putting out there. Like, you know, we used to have these like physical booklets of our portfolios and headshots and now it's it's your online presence. So it's good to curate it. That's no bad thing. And I think it's a good way of having boundaries as well. If you're not putting your entire life on there, like it's good because you can yeah. separate yourself for a bit, you know.
0: With, with bands, um, uh, for a long time, people were always looking at how many Facebook likes you had because mm-hmm. uh, Instagram and Twitter weren't used quite in the same way um in those kind of groups oddly enough i mean my fan base of 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 my band that i've been doing for a while uh was always just a little bit older and facebook suddenly do you remember that when facebook used mm. to be people all kind of our age and, yes. suddenly went, Whoop, and then everyone older than us suddenly had it and then um facebook likes was oh of how many x thousand likes have you got on um on facebook um we'll rate you against this thing and we'll we'll do the band orders according to you know, the light, the night lineups, according to who has the most Facebook likes, it's kind of wow. weirdly surreal. Um, but you know, um, yeah, it's, it's similar, but not quite the same. Um, because we never but get also, kind of, okay, how, how much following do you have?
2: Yeah, I guess what's interesting as well is that with the changes in how the Facebook algorithm works, you know, yeah, time yeah. was is that when you would post the things about your band, pretty much everybody who liked your page would see it but now if you want to get um that reach to everybody who follows you you're gonna have to pay for it which Mm. is absolutely ridiculous like facebook yeah mad is a scumbag in itself but that's one of the it's like yeah they were built by creatives and now they're trying to limit creatives like it's it's not good enough and we all deserve better
0: you know our music uh gets our lowest engagement on our Facebook page, so we don't post it. The only mm. way you can do it, I mean, we have all our links in kind of our descriptions and stuff, but the best, I'll, I'll be honest, we're a bit Larry and a bit funny, and we tend to have our shirts off all the time and we we run around screaming. And the all, green, the, all yeah. the most popular posts are just pictures of us looking like a bunch of Larry man children. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just pictures well, of that's us going well, hey. I right? mean And those <laughs> are the most popular things. Yeah, yeah yeah well that's the point that's why we do it
1: i mean i also think that that's one of the reasons i love making this podcast is that i feel like i use the podcast to talk about my job in a very human way mm. and i think i've intentionally made a podcast with you cole because you and i can have such a laugh yeah yeah and I don't want it to just be us sat here going, okay, and then what you do is you walk into your audition room. Fuck that. I want it, no. to, like, the personal side is really important. And yeah, my Instagram is in my email now. It's in my um, signature. Yeah, should and be. I remember mm. saying to my agent, should I make a website? And she was like, in my humble opinion, I don't think it's necessary. They'll check your Instagram. That reminds me, and I need to free. delete my website. And I was like, oh my God, you're right.
0: Mm.
1: Do you know but what, I realised something
0: really odd the last time this came up is that Pot yeah. Noodle, for a long time, didn't have a website. Pot Noodle only had a Facebook page. How weird wow. is that? That's
1: a fun fact That's right a there. weird
0: fun fact. I just found that out by looking something up when I was like, hmm, I want one of those little turny forks. <laughs> they were giving them away oh i remember sorry i've completely derailed that conversation no not at all (laughs) pot noodle they didn't have a website for you know yeah that'll be me chipping in i'll I'll shut up now
2: (laughs) (laughs) but it's an interesting comment about brand presence i think that's what you were trying to say right is that like does everybody need what i was saying see you and me were like this you can't see because this is a podcast but i'm doing the thing that chandler does when you know exactly when he's like i mean well, like
0: I I think, is, think. yes yeah yeah thank that, you yeah yeah that <laughs> thing that you are doing right now is exactly it whatever the people and- at home are imagining <laughs> that's the
1: thing yeah yeah and i think what's interesting because um especially facebook and facebook now owns instagram but the 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 need the desperate need to want a monopoly on anything which facebook ha- does do mm. like that we can't deny that they want to monopolize everything um it actually has led to them offering their users so much for free. Mm. So we 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 use Facebook Messenger for group chats. Like they we use them for video chats. It replaced Skype, Facebook mm. video chat, and yeah. and you know every, I don't know about you guys, but when I was at uni and doing a drama degree, whenever we had some kind of group task, like a presentation or a show, there's a Facebook group for it. There's mm. a cast yeah, and crew yeah. group for it. It's replaced e- well, not replaced, but it's very like. It's trying to replace everything else, and well, that's why they with WhatsApp that right? comes the ability to make a Facebook page, and your Facebook page is free because you're a user. But then it is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's paying for you to have a website. So mm. I'm not paying for a website. I'm saving money because anything I'd want to put on a website, I can whack on my social media. No. it's a very strange back and forth did that did i make my point there i think i oh, feel like yeah, I made that. yeah sound yeah. Really yeah absolutely but yeah there's, 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 an...
0: there's so much that's changed how we think as well with social media um mm. and how we behave outside of social media that i don't think a lot of people realize you know um when when you meet strangers you know um you don't get their phone number anymore do you you know no. say what's your handle what's your what's your instagram what's your twitter handle what's God, your what's your facebook true. thing you don't get numbers i don't have any anyone's numbers in my phone unless i had them from kind of before the social media age you know very yeah, strange yeah. and, think and about, even when you think get their numbers it's albums. usually
1: for whatsapp <laughs> think,
0: think, yeah, yeah exactly exactly for whatsapp but but think how you used to when we were growing up you'd go to someone's house and they'd have big old photo albums you know uh, four inches thick full of here's your childhood memories we don't have that anymore you know, that's that all lives on Instagram and mostly on Facebook because if that's the kind of time periods that that stuff was happening, you know, it's very odd.
1: It's so funny you should say that though, because I've actually in recent years tried really hard. To counter that, because I agree with you. I totally agree with you. So, um, over the past couple of years, I have made myself photo albums and scrapbooks mm. because I don't want it all just sitting on my Facebook. I want to be able to, like, look at the photos in my living room in real life, kind of not real life, but actually look at the photos. So, I've got two scrapbooks and I have to make a conscious effort to yeah. go, Oh, I haven't printed any photos in a while. I'm going to print them all off and add them so that I've got them here in my home.
0: Do you know, yeah. I feel this. I feel like that. That motivation is the same motivation for why there's been a vinyl boom, to bring mm. that into music. See, that was a good little segue. Yeah, I see what you did oh, there. But, oh, but as as, as you guys probably know, there's been a big vinyl bo- boom. That's partially because vinyl, um, it's an analog process, so it kind of sounds a bit richer and more interesting and better to our ears in some ways. Some people argue. Um, but the other one is people love having. They love a memento, you know. They love a thing that they can pick up and look at, and they store it, and it it sits. It's like a hearth, you know. It sits in a corner of their room, and um, and 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 you know, that's where that thing lives. And I it's I a, have a representation a of a collect vinyls yeah, and
1: things like
0: that. Exactly.
1: But my mum's fiftieth, so my mum, I think I've said this before, but she was like a a mod in the eighties who used to go around to all the different record stores. Um, but she she doesn't really have anything from her childhood. So when she turned fifty, I thought of it when she turned forty nine, and I was like, "This is way too good an idea. I'm saving it." <laughs> and I spent that year because this was this was mm, just over five years ago. So I think it was before the big vinyl boom. So I spent the year going to vintage places and fairs and shops mm. and bricklay all, the good know, shit all is. of those style places. Yeah, and collecting all of her favorite albums on vinyl. And then, so I spent this to spread the cost out as well because it's not mm. cheap. So I did that across the year between her turning 49 and 50. And then in the lead up to her 50th, bought her a record player. Oh, that's and, so And like lovely. she was over the absolute moon. Mm. And she was like, she was just rushed to put on Sgt. Pepper's. And Aww. she actually, the sound of it turning on gave her this huge nostalgia hit yeah, yeah. for her childhood. She was like the sound of the first scratching on that vinyl specifically is a memory for me so vinyl also plays into all of this vintage culture that goes Mm. on now as well
0: there's a whole thing about that collecting stuff and um and and having um physical representations of something that's really where bands are currently getting their money because bands are only really making their money from merch sales now um yeah not because spotify doesn't
2: pay you anything yeah. it's absolutely shocking zero
0: point zero 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 three pence a listen or something like that you know and that's if you're lucky it's mad yeah. it's really really strange
2: no so, uh the owner of spotify came out recently and said well if you want to make money off of music you have to just keep releasing oh. music and it was like honey that's yeah. not sustainable for everybody like people it's need to be paid mad. for the work that they do. I mean, I'm sure that's a sore I point s- for everybody in this podcast uh, recording that people just don't want to pay us. <laughs> yeah. They don't. And I,
1: releasing I music is in itself so expensive. Exactly. Oh my
0: god, the thousands of pounds I have spent on recordings. You know, we we. For a while, we were doing like EP cycles rather than album cycles. So I think I've talked to Amber about this before. But basically, rather than releasing albums that were 10 tracks long, we were doing EPs, which is like short for extended yeah. play, which means uh, like a five track album. So you, you guys all know what EPs. Love you've, an EP. You've all listened yeah. to bands. Uh, love a good EP. It's good. It's a nice little medium. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's quite strange that in, in the modern world, though, the biggest artists work off singles because... Mm. Uh, I mean, it's it's always been that way to an extent. You usually have a couple of good singles from an album, but now it's kind of like single, 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 single all the time, um, which changes uh, the medium of the album because you don't write the album as a construct necessarily um, uh, in that kind of environment because the album as its own kind of form of media doesn't really exist because everyone's just going, I queue up my favourite stuff on a playlist on Spotify. I don't listen to an album from start to finish
1: yeah we were talking about that last week weren't we um fun fact oh another one today Mm -hmm. i remember watching this thing about ed sheeran's career and his divide album was so successful um i think it had like eight or nine out of the top 10 i remember this yeah downloads and actually what it pushed for is there's now like this weird rule in the charts that you can't have more than a certain number of songs from one album in the charts. Mm. So he is, he achieved something that had never happened before and now has been made that it can't possibly happen again because it was just that popular That's back wild. to back.
0: One of the other things about Ed Sheeran is he's an immensely popular songwriter. So he writes loads of songs for loads of other people, like Justin Bieber, for instance. He's written yeah. loads of songs for him. So there was a point in time where something like... Fifteen out of the top 20 were all songs written by ed sheeran most of them was it was his own because he'd just released an album but also there was like shape of you or uh oh shape of you is one of his the one um yeah, yeah. the i think it's too late now to say sorry was one of his i'm not sure oh the justin but bieber there definitely no some, yeah there's a couple of big justin bieber songs that were written by ed sheeran and i can't remember which ones it might be that one it might be something else i'll have to google it
1: on what we were saying a second ago, um, Kitty, can you tell us about... So Cole and I have said this extensively, all the random shit you have to pay for just for the privilege of calling yourself a musician or an actor. So we've talked about equipment and guitars and headshots and showreels. What's the What's on the list of things that a model has to spend money on just for the privilege of saying, hey, I'm a model, even if you're not getting a huge amount of work? Well, I
2: think at the moment... Um... Because it's not just enough to be a model; you've also got to be able to create that kind of high-level, high-quality content from home. So I've had to buy lighting equipment. I've had to buy a good camera, um, which the lens broke recently, and it made it actually made me cry for like a good hour. It's fine, thankfully. My phone quality, um, my Uh-oh. phone's camera quality is good enough that I can shoot um, as much as I can from there. Um, but even like clothes because a lot of um, like I was saying earlier these test shoots if you've got a small budget or no budget at all you can't get a stylist you have to get if you want to shoot a particular look you're buying those clothes yourself you know um, Mm. if you want to buy a studio space or you want to hire a studio space that's expensive Um, if you are if you do have the money and if you're you know, not doing a test shoot. So you're doing a proper shoot that you've set up yourself. You'll of course have to pay the other creative. So, you know, pay for the photographer's time, pay for the makeup artist. So you may think that it's kind of a one man band kind of situation, but if you want to, you know, work yourself from the ground up and make things happen for yourself, Mm. especially in an industry that wants 95% of you to not succeed, you have to designate some budget to making that happen yourself.
1: You have backdrops as well, don't you? Cause yeah, backdrops too. And I've been like, I know she's at home. <laughs> I know she's at home. What is she doing? You've got multiple backdrops. No? Yeah,
2: I. Uh, so a little bit of a uh, cheat sheet thing is I've been buying bed sheets, like flat bedsheets, um, and using them as like material backdrops. Um, so something mm. I shot on the weekend, I managed to make look a little bit Grecian because I managed to drape my material in just the right way. So I was pretty chuffed with that. Um, but yeah, so that's another thing, a backdrop stand, because not everybody has a plain white wall, you know, and, you know, and also you don't always want it to be a plain white wall, do you?
1: You want to complement colours, you want to create an atmosphere. Yeah, or
2: make something different. You know, um, a lot of influencers and models at the moment are, um, they're shooting themselves in, um, I was about to say petrol stations, that's not what I mean, car parks. Um, (laughs) So like buying yourself a tripod. You know, that that was suddenly a really way better. Way to than the go. petrol yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done that yet. A lot of people uh, are shooting
0: themselves in petrol stations yeah. at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, what? Uh, someone should really uh, a... ask people if they're okay. Someone um, should look into that. <laughs> blimey. Um but no so that's another thing is um you know buying a tripod uh for your camera or your phone buying a self timer or one of those like I was about to call it a dip dappy you know it's a it's it's a device where you can click the camera from far away whatever the hell that's called yeah oh,
1: i love those things yeah. i
2: went to a party
1: once and it was really clever it was a new year party and someone in uh, had set up a standing camera in like the laundry room, but the light was fantastic. Oh, we love that! And they had the little button thing. I was in there all night, just like mm, <laughs> click, pause, click, pause. click, click, click. <laughs> I bet they had a great, <laughs> a great time, time going
2: through those photos afterwards. Like, ooh, <laughs> the poor boy. she love knows her <laughs> angles.
1: <works. laughs> Literally, if you go on my Instagram there'll be the one oh i've turned my internet off if you go on my instagram there's one where i say it's from new year two years ago and it's me and julia uh she's tagged in it so i can say her name and we're face we're facing each other and we're hugging and it's beautiful oh, but yeah! if you look very carefully you'll see that one of my hands is is leaning elegantly just out of shot to the clicker nice <laughs> i love it love it she knows her angles
2: so um we've
1: We've talked about social media loads. Now, I would really love to move on to your body positivity work Mm. because I know that it's so close to your heart personally, but also socially and politically, it's something that means the world to you. Where should we begin? You take the reins.
2: Oh, yeah, it's a big question. Um, So I... I mean, as Amber very well knows, and I'm sure I'm not the only person, um, I struggled a lot growing up with body image issues, disordered eating, um, you know, alluding to what I said earlier about, uh, comparing myself to the media, not seeing anybody who looked like me, it created a perfect storm for just feeling terrible about myself. And, um, you know, I, I ended up going to, when I went to university, I was so lucky in that my first, uh, lecturer was somebody who specialized in, uh, fat phobia, which is the societal hatred of fat people. And, uh, when she started speaking about how fat phobia affects, uh, society as a whole, I, it just, it just clicked. I was like, so not only is it not just me, But people are actively oppressed by this force, depending on what body they exist within, depending on what uh, intersections of identity that they, you know, exist within as well. And that's just completely unjust. It made me really angry. So from there, I was just trying to unlearn what I'd been taught. Because ultimately, all of this is learnt behaviour. We don't come out the womb going, oh, God, my ankles, oh, my belly. You know, we learn to hate (laughs) our bodies. Oh, my
0: ankles, blimey. yeah i know words
1: yeah right exactly you know something really heartbreaking when i was a little girl i don't think i've said this to many people before when i was really young i wanted to be an actor from the moment i i have a living memory and i used to be in my room acting out all the movies genuinely very young amber two things one well no they kind of linked together i thought i remember saying to myself i'm going to be a voice actor because i don't look Mm. right as a little child, yeah. I was like, what I'll do is I'll do the Disney
2: movies because mm. then it doesn't matter how I look. But that how says so much, that? doesn't it? From that age. Oh heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But it goes to show how deeply this stuff gets internalized from such a oh, young yeah. age.
0: Like, um I yeah. remember I remember in the 90s, all all those remember in so many kids' films in the nineties, there was the fat kid. Yeah. Who is like, yep. Oh, say you're playing like any film that has like a large group of group of children in it, and say they're all, I don't know, playing baseball or something. Um Like Mikey
1: from recess. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, and that's the fat kid and that's, and they're their, the, butt that's the who jerks. they are. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly.
2: But the problem is, is that, that has a real life repercussions on the way that fat people walk through the world, you know? Like it even results in them not getting appropriate health care. It results in them being abused in the street. Yeah. And whilst all of us do experience the effects of fat phobia to a certain degree, it's fat folks that suffer the most. And so the part of the reason yeah. why I, I fell into this work is not only because of my own kind of self-esteem issues and how much it meant to know that not only was I not the only one, but the fact that I was able to unlearn this, you know, we all have the capability to unlearn things that we have learned about ourselves, you know, but I also went into this work because I just, things make me angry, you know, and I want to be part of the change that helps to educate people to not only love bodies, you know, bodies like their own, but the bodies of other people, the bodies that aren't so palatable, the bodies that people shame and frown upon and make judgments about, like we all deserve self-love no matter what body we exist within and it really sucks that mm. we're still in a state where that's such an unachievable goal for so many people so yeah you know it's time to do the work I would love to give some
1: airtime to a topic I know you and I have discussed before and it's one of those things where there are going to be people that are me for bringing this up but that's why I'm bringing it up sorry about it not sorry my
0: podcast <laughs> lol okay so
1: there oh, excuse, are people... excuse me
0: we're communists our podcast <laughs>
1: um there are people who who equate um judgment on a skinny body to judgment on a fat body mm-hmm. now we know that this is not the same prejudice happens and comments on bodies are never okay but fat phobia is its own thing for a very big reason and I would argue but this I will admit I've this is something I've you've helped me understand over the years I would argue it's a bit like saying oh but what about when white people get prejudice against them it's mm. like yeah it's wrong but that's not the but the systemized hatred is towards black people in the same way that the systemized hatred is towards fat people so i remember on on a new facebook group for actors so basically um a big facebook group for actors was called bossy and it it was such a beautiful thing that then turned sour after a few years the trolls got in people got vicious and angry so someone set up it got closed and someone set up a breakaway one and she put in the in the like rules no fat phobia mm. as, as long along with other things and someone commented going well I don't think that's really fair I'm really really skinny and people are rude to me about how I'm skinny and I tried to explain to her the thing is it's not quite the same Kitty you're going to do a much better job than me at this can you help anyone listening understand why they're different
2: I guess the issue is and you know no shade and I completely understand it's just the way that people feel about their own bodies is so deeply personal. And so it means that when someone says, you know, if someone challenges them on the way that they feel about their bodies, they're inevitably gonna get defensive and they're inevitably gonna be like, yeah, but that's not the case because my body did it. And like, that's completely understandable. But we have to realize that our bodies exist within a wider context, you know? So yes, it might be, it is really hurtful for a skinny person to hear, oh, you should eat a burger, you're too skinny. But they're not going 100%, to, yeah, hundred percent. But they're not going to then go on to go to a job interview and not get hired because they're too skinny. But you know, in America, in only one state is it illegal to not hire somebody because of their weight. In all other forty-nine states, you cannot hire somebody Madness. because they're fat. Oh my god! Yeah, so. Yeah. And that is all because of the campaigning of uh, the fat liberation movement in the 1960s, because a man saw his wife not get a job because she was fat. And he was like, fuck this, I'm going to do something about it. And that all of that movement from the fat liberation movement in the 60s is the reason why we have body positivity It's the reason why we have the words to describe body acceptance and all these kinds of things so you're completely right it's it's not the same but i do understand why people feel so deeply about it but that's why i say it's really important to so do, do the I. work you know because you know yeah. as i said everything you've learned and it isn't just unlearned. getting jobs no it's it's not it's getting not just getting care. jobs
1: either it's 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 finding clothes that fit you. It's being, it's getting acting work as well. I realise that's a job thing, but still, it's fine. It's yeah, it's the way your doctor looks at you and talks about you. It's and talks to you. It's and this is the thing. I try to explain in this particular example. I was like, no, I, I really do get that that sucks for you, and no one has a right to comment on your body. However, the world, the media. The news, the, the, or I think media is the best way of putting it. The media isn't telling you that you are wrong for being the way you are mm. in the same way that it tells fat people that they are um, wrong for being who they are. And there are two, two things I want to just mention and then let you go off before I forget. One, I'd love you to explain why we want to reclaim the word fat and not mm. turn it into a mm, taboo. I was going to ask about that,
0: yeah.
1: And two, I'd really like you, because you're more um, clued up than me, to try and, also remind us and educate our listeners on um the influence that fat black women have had on the movement.
2: Okay, so um the first thing is why we should reclaim the word fat is that ultimately it is a descriptor. Like, you know, I'm short. Other people are skinny. Other people you know, like I'm not gonna pretend I'm five foot twelve. I'm even you shorter. know <laughs> Yes exactly Amber <laughs> is short. Uh, Who, but like who's the shortest Amber's person? yeah
0: i yes amber it's gotta be amber Amber. yeah
2: um but the problem is is that we have designated negativity to the word fat for such a long time so to reclaim it is to neutralize it because you know amber growing up you and i if anyone called us fat we would feel sick we would feel like it's the worst possible thing yes exactly we would feel like it's the worst possible thing (laughs) someone could tell us Ultimately, it is just a descriptor, but because the whole world tells you that being fat is the worst possible thing in the world, you we've internalized that on such a deep level that we react badly to it. So once we start reclaiming, exactly. Thing. So once we start reclaiming it and start making it normal, it's going to become more commonplace to hear it. But you know, I use fat so flippantly because it is so normal to me. I don't have, I don't attach any kind of judgment towards it. And also I celebrate it. I think fatness is worth celebrating. It's not just you know it's just another body it takes practice absolutely it takes a lot of practice and it is funny because when i when
1: i talk about you (laughs) when i tell people about my friend kitty who's a model i want to say my friend kitty who's a fat model because i'm trying to help standardize it and take away the taboo but i know that when i do people are like why are you calling your friend fat? Yeah, <laughs> And exactly. I'm like, no, 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 she wants me to. She's okay. It doesn't, I think being, being so afraid of the word is part of the mm. fat phobia. It's yeah. a bit like slut shaming. Yeah, no?
2: exactly. And also <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up that I'm a fat model as well, because, um, and this kind of ties into the second part of your question, is that part of, um, you know, fat liberation, it was started by fat queer women of color and fat black women to start with. And so much of that was about challenging the oppressions that they faced as fat people, but also as black people and as fat black people and how that intersects. And, um, you know, one of the things that they conceptualize is like the, I wish I could remember who it was, but the degrees of fatness essentially. So you have small fat, which is me. So kind of, I can go into any shop. I can still find something in my size. Most often than not, I could go to the doctor and they would take my health, problems seriously um so I'm on the most privileged end of fatness if that makes sense then you have mid-fat you have um super fat uh infinifat and the the degrees go on because ultimately in these different degrees you experience different levels of privilege and oppression so Mm. we've broken it down into the minutiae so that we can truly understand what it's like to exist in different sizes of fatness not just fatness as like a monolith
0: I suppose this all kind of feeds into this weird um, Western obsession w- we have with um, someone's value being on their attractiveness, mm. and attractiveness being inherently linked to weight. Exactly. Because as yeah. as we know, in, in 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 other cultures, weight uh, y- sometimes it's completely different way. Sometimes the m- most attractive people are, are viewed as the people who are the heaviest. Mm. You know, uh, it's 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 all. I've I've always wondered. You know. Uh, is is this really just well i don't wonder i know it's a symptom of a larger problem and that we just generally seem to judge people's value on uh some some strange aesthetic rather than and then the with the fat phobia and, and you'll know plenty about this is that people will then justify their prejudice mm. by saying well you're unhealthy and i just want you to be healthy
1: yeah so you know? i and then they stand and watch all their friends smoke all night just yeah saying.
0: yeah <laughs> and sniffing a couple drink, of drink, substances. Drink, glug, glug, glug. Yeah.
1: Whoa. yeah drinking themselves under the table so
2: i wanted to answer that in two parts actually because i find it really interesting that you brought up about the different cultures and how fatness is associated with good and bad in that kind of way and so much of that actually stems from racism and colonialism in uh, yeah, there's a great yeah. book to read which is called fearing the black body by sabrina strings and what she talks about is how you know In the Renaissance period, people were trying to conceptualize kind of what is beauty? And that's when we see these, you know, pre-Raphaelite quote-unquote beauties, these um, depictions of Aphrodite, that kind of thing. And then when the slave trade kind of started, we, you know, white people were being introduced to black folks and they wanted to distinguish whiteness as being better than blackness. And one of the ways that they did that was by body size and the way that they ate. Yeah, yeah. So they would say, well, if you want to be you know, an upstanding citizen and a good person, you know, you want to be, you don't want to be anything like black people. And that meant staying skinny because they associated fatness with blackness. And that has Mm. just become distilled into, you know, societal ideas of bodies. You know, we're still feeling the repercussions of that now. And um, the second thing I was going to say is that I was recently in a campaign for a period product brand and, it's a photo of me, and I'm bent over, and my belly is hanging. It looks gorgeous. My ripples look cute. And someone in the comments was like, "Oh, she's so unhealthy. She's so unhealthy," and just started like going off about me in the comments in this in this photo in this ad campaign. And I, I usually I would just mind my business. I wouldn't say anything because I don't have the time. I can't be asked. But this time, keep your head yeah, truly. Really, kind of and thing. I was just like. But I had to respond to her because I clicked on her profile and she was a health professional. She worked for the NHS. And I was like, hun, what does this mean if you have these conceptions about bodies and you're treating people's health? Does that mean you're not going to, Mm. you know, you're not going to treat someone right because they're not the right weight for you? So I did reply to her and I said, look, like I'm actually the healthiest I've ever been because I'm on the better end of recovering from disordered eating mm. when I was skinny I was miserable I was tired you know we we get sold the idea that thinness equals happiness but let me tell you once you get there that is absolutely not the case because you find other Strange. ways to destroy yourself you know and it just goes mm. to show that mm. we get so we get told that you know if you quote unquote fix the external by losing weight you will heal your internal self but that's not the case it doesn't work like that you know self love so often comes from the inside out when you start to learn about yourself learn about your triggers learn about you know why you feel the way you do about bodies and food and that kind of thing that's when the healing starts so mm. i did go off on her in the comments and she did end up apologizing to me but i was like just just shut the fuck up next time babe just be better <laughs> just be be better
0: Put it's in not it, that love.
2: hard you know like <sighs> people
1: one of my pet peeves, I actually think I might have mentioned it before, but um, something I hate is when I see on a casting uh, that the character is sporty. I was about to It's say. got nothing to do with no. it, but they go, oh, we want someone. And they'll or give, athletic. they'll give height, yeah, and they'll give look. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, um, uh, for, they'll give all these little breakdowns and that's important. You know, you need to look the part. But then the film could be about anything on the planet anything else and they'll mm. say sporty and I'm like you are sidestepping your fat phobia exactly you are saying we have to be thin and I don't apply for the jobs that say sporty on them because I'm actually not that big for the record I'm like 10 12 on a bloated hormonal day that is really that is the epitome of average like and I actually would love to have a bit of a chat about being average sized because I think there's something to say there but before we even get there I'm really not that big and I'm actually in quite good shape I did dance lessons for most of my life I am kind of sporty but I don't look it and I don't apply for them because I know that they they I know what they're saying and they're
2: saying not you babe but I guess the thing is is that you don't look that way according to who right like we decided yeah. what health looks like we decided what quote unquote you know sporty athletic looks like but sporty and healthy come in so many different forms. Like one of my favorite oh, people yeah. to follow is uh, Jessamine Stanley. She's an amazing yoga teacher and she's a fat black woman. And people will still be like, oh, lose weight. You're so fat. And she's like, I literally teach yoga for a living. Shut the fuck up. Like, but something I wanted to touch on as well is um someone, uh, one of my other actor friends who is a divine lovely babe shared this thing on Instagram recently where someone was talking about the typecasting of fat people. Like, fat people are always mummies or the nanny or the, you know, they don't get to be the loving trust Yeah, exactly. The fat, they-
0: the fat best friend. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: They don't get to be the loving trust which is why I loved, if you haven't already watched it, Shrill, which is, it's based on a book by Lindy West, but it's basically about a fat girl, like, living her best life. And it's a great series where she's the one, you know, they do touch upon the fact that her boyfriend tries to, you know there's a scene where she's um seeing this guy, and he's like, "Oh, can you go out the back door? You know you know the way it's just so that her his um flatmates wouldn't see him with her kind of thing, but they start to unpack that and they they tell her story in an authentic way that isn't oh, she's just the funny one with the good quips and the one who you know likes to eat chips all the time like she's a fully formed character, and this is the thing you know so many people don't have the privilege of Authentic representation in theatre and in film because they just get seen as their bodies first, you know. So, yeah, um,
1: I've forgotten her name. Who's the Australian actor? She's done loads. Oh, of uh, Rebel Cats. Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Every part she's ever had has made fun of her. Well, yeah. What was that for? Well, you? she was. You um, I mean? She was literally like...
2: Fat Amy, wasn't she? Not just Amy. She was Fat Amy. Hmm. Or like in, I remember I
1: I'm not the biggest fan of Pitch Perfect. I'm no, sorry to say. Agree with but, you. And one of the reasons was I was at uni and everyone I think because there were some songs in it. Everyone was like Amber, you're gonna love it. You're just gonna love <laughs> it. And they were like, okay. And they all, all they all sat me down because uh, they weren't they were my friends from classics. So I think it was it was it they compared it to a musical, which it's not, mm. but whatever. They compared it to a musical and were like Amber's gonna love this. And I remember watching it and I hated every they didn't miss a chance she was like don't sign me up for cardio or like they there was a clip that was in the trailer of her lying down on the chairs and she's like oh i'm running sideways and it's like what that poor but also like is that is that all you're like all she gets to do with her yeah and it was a joke
2: that she was sexual as well like it was a joke that she wanted to fuck guys yeah. And that's always another how thing. How funny well. is that yeah. for black,
1: for black, for fat women to be sexy? Yeah. Hilarious. And, like, no. and
2: that's the thing. You know, that's that kind of representation shows up all the time. Either like they're hypersexual, and then you have the man going, "Ew, it's so gross that she's coming on to me," or she's completely sexless and only eats. It's like you, you, as I said, there's no authentic representation. <sighs> and like that's, it's a privilege to be able to watch something on screen and go, "Oh, she's just like me," because how many people get to do that how many people get to have that experience you know
1: i re- it's one of the reasons i really love oranges the new black yeah. because it's based in a women's prison and i would actually argue the male characters are kind of basic and slightly archetypal yeah. and all the female characters are so fleshed out yeah. and you've got you have genuinely got a variety of shapes and sizes because a big part of the plot is the like let's call it tribalism that goes down in prison and the races become families and legit say that they're sisters and mothers and daughters. Mm. So because that's part of the story, they, the casting and the representation is brilliant. It's really yeah. brilliant.
2: Yeah, I remember I when it first person. came out, it was so, so powerful, wasn't it? It was like seeing all different yeah, yeah, and also was. like people who weren't conventionally pretty all the time you know, or the way that we understand what beauty is, you know, people who fit inside and outside of that, of that kind of category. And it was so cool. I mean, it's a real shame that it totally fell off towards the end, but it started off great. And I think it did. And it really set the tone. I think, I mean, you know, I can't judge. I'm not in the, I'm not in the industry so much anymore as you are, Amber. But, you know, I think that really sparked a change where people were like, oh, people don't just want to see perfect people all the time. There are other people People want to see realness, you know, not to say that some people are more real than others, but people want to see people that they relate to, you know?
1: Well, this is the thing. So, episode one, you think, okay, Piper's the protagonist, yeah. Oh, and and Piper is, and she she mentions it about herself. So she gets sent to prison. This is all in the in the first episode, so it's not a big series spoiler. But she gets sent to prison, and she's saying, you know, I became the nice blonde lady, and she acknowledges, I'm being this role of of the good little white blonde woman, mm. and and I never, I'm not bad. I'm not. I'm not a criminal. Oh no, I don't belong here and it then breaks that down a she kind of stops being the protagonist it becomes there's no there's no one person that's in all the episodes and i think that's beautiful and you know you get all these messages through there about about all sorts about addiction about committing crimes about backgrounds about continuing patterns like you know there's a mother and daughter that end up in the same prison Mm. there's so much in there and i think the whole point of it the main point of it is do not paint anyone with the same brush Mm. and she ends up saying you know i am no different to any of these women in here i made a bad decision and i'm paying for the i'm paying the consequence it's stunning it really is a stunning series so kitty we have a game On this podcast that we like to play occasionally, where we take a classic film or a musical and we recast it using the Muppets. Now, I happen to know because I'm friends with both of you that there's a film that you both absolutely love. So, Kitty, could you please tell us how you would remake The Fellowship of the Ring? Wow. with a muppet cast i think because there's a lot of characters let's say you can have two humans two
0: humans two okay, humans well, or, or elves or whatever they are in the in the context and
1: then use the muppets for all the other main characters so we want we want the hobbits we want at least a legolas and a gimli okay let's hear it how would you do it
2: okay so the first thing that occurs to me is that i'd love to see legolas as miss piggy because i think she would bring some <laughs> real character to the role in a way that Orlando Bloom just didn't,
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Imagine oh! that coming down off the Oliphant.
2: <laughs> exactly. How iconic? We. I mean, Miss Piggy's an icon anyway, but her with a bow and arrow, she'd be unstoppable.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Can you god. imagine? That, uh, f- Fellowship has got the scene in in, the, in Moria when the troll comes through. Yes. So, so you know he's gonna Miss Piggy's gonna be up there. Pee! Oh, can you imagine that? I want to uh-huh. see a Miss Piggy Legolas cosplay, please.
1: I just, I, I'm so, I was just wondering, I was like, is she going to say Miss Piggy for Arwen nah. or for Clay, Bar- Kate Blanchett's Now No, nah, we're genderqueer we're not, in this house. It.
2: Like any, Boom. let's yes. go for it. Boom. Gender who? Do Miss Piggy it. is Legolas. I don't know do it. Um, it. I'd say- Should we do the fellowship? Yeah, I think fellowship just to keep things simple, right? Yeah. So I would yeah, say yeah, there's yeah. Nine of them. Uh, Beaker as Frodo because Beaker is just as fucking hopeless as Frodo is. Just him walking around <laughs> being like... Oh, so oh, just can't speak. Oh, I've got the ring. What do I do? I pass out all the time. Oh. Oh,
1: fucking useless. Also, I just had this image. I realised it's not fellowship. I just had this image of Miss Piggy going,
0: they're taking the hobbits to <laughs> <on."> Azafad.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, God.
0: Amazing. I'm going to have
2: to... Who's your call Gandalf? Up the producers. Okay, right. I'm just flicking through my character list here.
0: Get Hollywood on the line. Um... The Frodo's, beaker. Frodo's Beaker. Miss Piggy I mean, is Legolas. You'd
2: need, you'd need either Kermit or Gonzo for Gandalf, sure. Oh, I was going to go like Janice. You know, that cute, like the 70s babe with the long blonde hair and the eyelashes.
0: Yeah, from the band. Yeah. The, uh, is, is, is it the bass player for the oh, band? okay. I
2: think she'd be, again, she'd be really cute. And also, because I think. With the hat? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think Kermit would just make it all about him because that's what he does, right? So I would quite like to see Kermit as Aragorn instead just to really challenge nice. him. You know, okay. take him out of his comfort okay. zone.
0: Um, i tell you, who, who's going to be Boromir? Because there's a whole thing mm. with, with Kermit and the, Kermit and whoever this person is. And this person will die and says, you know, I'd follow you, my king. Oh, it's got to be Sam so Eagle, so be right?
2: There? The eagle guy. The guy who looks kind of cross all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like him one. being like arrowed to death at the end. I think he'd give it that moment, the drama it deserves. I just
0: imagined that. Yes. Like a drama. <laughs> and, and the flopping as the arrow <laughs> hit.
2: That was, you know, got to give Sean Bean some credit. He's <laughs> so good at dying, isn't he? Like... Yeah. Oh, mate. I
0: love Sean Bean. One of the Bastards. best.
2: Sean Bane. Oh, love it. Um,
0: Sean Bourne.
2: born. Um, okay. So we also need a Samwise Gamgee, don't we? Um, well, if Beaker is
1: Frodo, who's the guy
2: that is I, always
0: d- with Beaker? Professor Honeydew is. Uh,
2: yeah, is, is, yeah. Is, is, is like Surely he Yeah, I see Professor that. Professor Honeydew. Oh, he's so. Beaker, cute. don't go where I can't follow. Um, you know those moody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> Do go where I can't follow Peter Peter
1: <laughs> We need this I can't carry it
0: for you But I can carry you Me 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, The mate. eagles fly down at the end
1: Oh, oh gosh I love this already I, We okay, just need to call up got, the producers um,
0: We've got Mary we? and Pippin as well
1: so sorry. Remind me who, yeah. who's Gandalf? Gandalf is Jan. I can't
0: remember their name, but it's it's the bass player from the band.
2: Oh, the bass player. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The yeah, bass player. Yeah, is Isn't it, it the bass player? Um, or is you it the guitarist? We've got a Legolas. We've got Sam. Uh, I think the the guys who always chat shit about everybody, the two old men. That's oh, Yes, yeah. them. They're Merry and Pippin to me. Abso- I was going to oh, say. Oh that, yeah, absolutely. that's amazing. Absolutely. Like Getting they've got a bit more sass about them, but you know. Yeah, I love uh, it. Gosh, there are so many people in the fellowship. Who else
0: have we got? Man, I need to write these down. You've There's not so done many. a
2: human character yet.
1: You can pick someone to be human. Oh.
0: You can, it depends. on it's, You've got to have at least one Guys, human, I'd say.
1: Can the Swedish chef be the one that says, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys? Yes! Oh, my God. But
0: I that's really not fellowship. The chef.
2: He's Return of the
0: King. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. No, it's not the, fellowship. The Swedish that's chef should towers. definitely be
0: the one who shoots the eagle. That, yeah. that massive urukai. Yes.
1: Oh, sorry. I'm getting too excited. That- yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to do the yeah, whole right trilogy. Though, that isn't fellowship. Um
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, why not, eh?
1: Who else have we, we need got? a golem. Golem,
2: golem. Um, Don- uh Rizzo the rat.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So who's Gonzo? We need Gonzo, yeah.
0: Gonzo yeah, and so. animal someone.
2: really, don't we? Um uh, he could what, be an what human characters
0: or, or you know what characters have we got left there's Gimli Gimli yeah um, oh
2: animal yeah, Gimli's got to Gimli. be animal right
0: why not why not okay that makes sense to what me. About, there's the beard um, yeah exactly. all fits in
2: okay what about Arwen uh, Arwen whom um Rolf Rolf the dog they've got a similar vibe
0: <gasps> oh my god yes I forgot the piano playing dog yeah.
2: yes Oh, that would be so cute. Sorry, I appreciate that I am technically no. cheating because I have all the characters and their pictures this out in front of me. About no, all don't worry allowed. About it. It's the this visual all aids, allowed. you know. We so- need a Saruman, an evil Saruman. Ooh, Saruman. See, Gonzo's a bit too nice to play Saruman, isn't he? Yeah. But in fairness, yeah. in Fellowship, you know, we see Saruman go mm. from like a cool guy to a totally That's a good not guy, cool yeah. guy. So do we think Gonzo has the range to have a bit of an edge to him halfway through Man, the film?
0: If there's if there's anything we've learned over during this game, we know that Gonzo has range. <laughs> Gonzo does have Gonzo range. Gonzo has range. Another
1: option, because Gonzo, Gonzo's casting is often quite a narrative character. Mm-hmm. What if Gonzo was um, Bilbo? Oh, yeah, I see yeah, it. I see
2: who it. Are you yeah, you going to put Bilbo. Yeah, I hear what about, um, I see it, I see what it. What about
0: <laughs> Fozzie Bear? Who's, who's Fozzie Bear going to be? Uh, gosh, who have we got left? Kermit's best friend. We've um, actually
1: done really well. We've cast a lot. This of is amazing.
0: Guys, have we got, we got have any humans? A casting Who's agency? a human? Let's do, do we it. have
1: any humans? We haven't got a human yet. I think, you know, there are so many it Muppets would be funny do we if need human was the only human. Yes. Yeah. Who's, or who's just keep be... Kate Blanchett, keep her as the one that's like, oh my god, I have yeah. to talk oh, to these muppets yeah. to do
2: this job. That's, that's a brilliant yeah. idea.
0: Imagine, Galadriel, you know, right. uh, Galadriel looking over, and then all these, all these little muppets turn just up like hopping oh away, god, just like, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, like that. I like that.
0: Do you know what? I, I, I know that he doesn't feature in Fellowship, but. You know Denethor as in Boromir and Father. Oh Bar- God, Faramir's don't remind me. With, with the tomato oh. scene. The tomato. Who is, who, is who is who's that? Who's gonna be that guy? Me. He
2: literally makes me want to vomit know. into my own mouth. Um hey guys, who Watching wants a tomato? You eat is disgusting. I actually went to a Lord of the Rings convention at uh Ali Pali and I got to ask him, uh he was on a panel. And so we were oh in God. the same room this one time. it was great. Um but who would he... Oh! What did you I've ask got, him? Did you
0: ask him what Muppet he would be if he was no, in a recast? No, so...
2: Uh, I should have, but I was nine. Um, oh, no, I ended up asking... <laughs> it, I asked... Ah, shit, who was it? I remember my question was, what was it like to die in a film... But I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember who I asked. That doesn't narrow it No, down, exactly. No. <laughs> who did I ask? I remember them having, like, they laughed when I asked the question. I was like, that's it. I'm never speaking in public again. Was it, but was
0: it Sean Bean? We turned because, it around. You know.
2: No, he was too big back then to show up. You yeah, know, it was, it was all the kind of like. Yeah, he wouldn't go to Ali Pali. Yeah, like, no offense to a man like Denethor, but he clearly had nothing else to do. And Sean Bean was booked and busy. So yeah.
0: um,
2: I've got this guy called the Newsman here does he ring about he's got a bit of a daniel oh, yeah. vibe to him bit serious blazer
0: yeah i think i remember mm. him from um oh, a... has... yes i remember I don't this, know guy, this yeah. guy yeah with he the could, flannel he'd be shirt a
2: great villain yeah you know what i mean i think he could work oh by the way everyone
0: mm. just so you know muppets is... the muppet show the original muppet show has all just gone up on disney plus
2: oh. oh i noticed so
0: that's my next six months sorted.
2: Interesting. <laughs> oh well, I think you've done a good job there, Kit. Well thank done. Thank you. I,
0: I, I think I think this is one of the best castings. I mean, I done. always
2: try and bring my yeah. A game. Nailed to it. anything I come to. You know, I don't Boom. half-ass shit. <laughs> it's really hard to take that seriously.
1: Seeing you on the Hey, I'm
2: full-assing it. I wanted good I sound quality. That, I'm under I a because, of the, camera, never because
1: got... of the angle of the camera. But because <laughs> of the angle of the camera, it looks like you've got a massive sombrero
2: on. Oh yeah, oh it does.
0: Huge party hat.
2: Yeah, it actually looks more like a mitochondria from where I'm looking, but...
0: That's that's the powerhouse
2: of the cell. It South. sure is. We love the powerhouse of <laughs> the cell. I love we
0: went through the whole episode without mentioning the duvet on your head, and I was like, man, well, when, when is this going to come missed up? Opportunity. I don't, I've got to say it. I want to say it. I want to say <laughs> it. I want to say it. I want to Nailed
1: say it. it. Nailed it. Well, well before, we, before we wrap up, Kit, is there anything you want to say, mention,
2: give a shout out to? No, just just to say thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to, I feel very honored to be your first guest. Mate. And it's been a total pleasure. Thank mm-hmm. you for having me to talk about my stuff. It means a lot. And yeah, I hope that both of you got something out of me being here and like resonated with what I said. And I oh, hope your listeners nice. do as well. Loads. You know, I I try. I try and do the thing. I, you know.
0: I learned so much. No, actually. I've loved it. Uh, it was babe, really valuable. I think oh, thanks, people at home will, will really appreciate it as Thank well. Thank you. Um really really interesting
1: well thanks so much for listening to riffs and, riffs and scripts riffs and scripts uh we it's an interesting week for us to be talking about social media because i would love to announce that we have launched a podcast instagram <laughs> so you can find us at riffs and scripts pod just the name of the podcast followed by pod. Um, if you want to get in touch directly, our email address is still riffsandscripts at gmail.com. Thank you so
2: much for coming, Kitty. We really appreciate you. You're you. are lovely. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And it's just got to the right time because I'm about to melt under my duvet. So we timed it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Delicious. Anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see
1: you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Are you a fan of the Muppets? I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not Obviously. like well so acquainted we have... with the material, but
0: you know, I like the Muppets. Ki- Kitty, Kitty is a is a fellow person of culture. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I've got to say, Kitty, Kitty is one of of of, of clearly one of our tribe. You know, <laughs> knowing about Star Trek Voyager, also thinks the end of Game of Thrones was pants. Has anyone said know? that it wasn't? Here's, do you know what really annoys no. me about that is that I mean. I can't rewatch it now. No, I was looking forward to my big it. rewatch.
1: No. Yeah, that's true, you know. But you're just setting yourself up for disappointment okay. again. We're gonna have and to also, edit the fuck I mean, out
0: of that. <laughs> We've uh... still
1: not actually we've not really gotten into Kitty's music taste and Cole, you would have fun with that, but we're gonna run out of time. Well
0: we'll just have to have you back.
1: No! I mean if you insist,
2: I can come back.
1: Okay, everyone, that's us done for another week. As always, if you want to get in touch, the email is... Actually, I'm going to start that again because I want to start with the Instagram. Never mind. Sorry, Cole. More editing for you.
0: Yay!